Nick Drake left very little for posterity other than his recorded legacy. There are no photos of Nick Drake performing and there are no recordings of Nick Drake performing live. What we do have is two minutes of audio he recorded into a cassette player. That record got me high and Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic, bring you Nick Drake. Um, good evening. Or should I say good morning? Time is 25 to 5. one's reservations. One has quite enjoyed oneself, but, but one has to make reservations because um, the people are particularly interesting. In fact, the, there weren't as many people as I, ex I expected there to be because I thought, you know, the Maynard Mitchells have, have a big, big do. And in fact, there weren't nearly as many as one might have thought, which, 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 was, which was a pity. In fact, I, I think I must have drunk rather a lot, although I didn't see this at the time. I, I thought myself quite sober. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic cataloging the absurdities taking place at the Zorro News Channel. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com since 1993. All right, we doing it? We rolling? We are rolling. All yeah. right, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And welcome everyone to our podcast. Uh, I want to say right off the bat, we have a patron. We have our newest patron. Hell yes. Uh, Tom Lowry, and he is the first uh, person to take advantage of our... We actually have a, a level, a, a $25 uh, Patreon level, where you could basically buy your way on the show. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so Tom is going to be a future guest uh, because he became a $25 patron. What the hell? And he's getting a shirt, he's getting all this stuff. But you could become a patron for as little as $1. Uh, go to yeah. You don't get to come on the show for a dollar. Patreon? No, you don't. But you get well, to I mean, but, be in the that record company you know, high universe. You know what we we haven't talked about is is this is how people end up on the show, and because we just haven't. If you have a record that you're passionate about and you want to talk about it, and you would for an hour, or and you just um, contact us in one of the ways that uh, you know on Facebook or trgmh33 at gmail.com and uh, we will discuss uh, you know if we you know if you if it's a record that we think we would like to talk about then we're on if it's something that maybe you know is your own private passion and we don't then I would. Then you'd really have to buy your way in. You would have to buy your way in, and it's <laughs> going to cost you twenty. Work. It's going to cost you twenty-five bucks a month, basically. Patreon, so basically, if, if you go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh, uh, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. We would really love it. Uh, we have a special guest today, and we are in a special location. We are. When we have this particular guest, we come to him. 
because that's right. that's, that's what a big deal he is. Yeah, also, it's nice. It, it's a nice place to record. It's a nice change of pace. We're at uh, Dan Hosker's studio, and our special guest is Barry Rat Bastard. That's me, man. Uh, Frank, uh, and Valeska. that's another way you get on the show. You have a really good taste in music. Uh, that is well, well yeah. <laughs> that's I'm not gonna true. I'm not gonna argue with that. Your your previous choice, uh, the uh, um, uh, my dad is dead album. Uh, Divided well, House. Or Divided House, Divided right? Divided House, yeah. yeah. Where um, Mark uh, Mark Edwards himself... Uh, <laughs> yeah, said you guys are full of shit. <laughs> no, he said we, we hold attention as, as well as a dog in a field of squirrels, something like that. But, yeah. he, but he enjoyed it. He liked it. He did. Um, yeah, Rat actually, as uh, well, for those of you who don't know, Rat Bastard, he is a renowned... Uh, a producer, musician, a noise artist, and raconteur, and he's the founder of the International Noise Conference. Which this, the next one will be how many years? We, we got like twelve. Are we up no, to twelve? Like fifteen, and uh, like fifteen, or we should have a special anniversary for that. Yeah, nah, whatever. It's, it's the International Noise Conference. Um, so yeah, and uh, we are doing this in the uh, in his studio, the Dan Hosker Studio, which is a is in a how many square feet? Six hundred and fifty. Six hundred fifty. Is that it? It feels so much bigger. <laughs> Six hundred fifty square foot apartment on Miami Beach, uh, and it's jam packed with uh, with instruments and gear. And we're not going to tell you the address. Oh no, yeah, because they'll come. They'll rob you come me. and rob rat. <laughs> nah, no, no one who would do that. Yeah, they'll leave all the stuff to just rob me. Right, right. So rat, even though rat is into some crazy shit, and he was he was in uh, his the band his. Band uh, scraping Keith. Keith was voted the uh, the worst, worst band, band in America in Spin Magazine. Yes, but he, I will say, Rat has turned me personally onto a lot of great music. He uh, sure has. I was thinking, all right, uh, Bill Nelson, uh, a Bebop Deluxe. First yeah, time yeah. I heard about yeah, him was yeah, from sure. Rat. Mark Eisel, uh, oh, yeah, American okay. Music Club. I got yeah, from Rat. Right. Got it by Voices. Yes. Right. First, oh, I got yeah. Go. I first got it. From well, Rat. from me, most recently is uh, TFS from Australia. Yeah. Tropical Fuckstorm. Oh, right, right. They are um, fantastic. I, I don't even know exactly how to describe what they sound like. There's some elements of like the birthday party kind of yeah. in there, but mm, just you can get hear them on Bandcamp. Fantastic stuff. So yeah. So, so we're talking about now, which is a, is an odd. Uh, you would think it would be an the, odd choice. The founder of the International Noise Conference to pick this up <laughs> for the for the founder of the International Noise Conference, a member of the Laundry Room Squelchers, to live and shave in LA. Oh, to live and shave in LA, right? Yeah. Uh, picked, and this is also someone else that Rat turned me on to. And what are we talking about, Rat? Nick Drake. We're talking about Nick Drake and his first record, Five Leaves Left, and. You you don't normally think Nick Drake, Rat Bastard. Oh yeah, Rat Bastard's a big Nick Drake. Yeah, fan. well. So, although I did find I did find things that I realized that you were influenced by him that I could tell. Uh, a couple things that came to mind right away was the way he records his vocals, very dry and stark. And if yeah. anyone who's recorded with Rat, Rat fucking right. hates and they, reverb and, yeah. on the vocals. And they took that from the. Um, uh, the Cohen album, the first album, that's what they did. They Leonard Cohen? Yeah, they did yeah, dry right. vocals on it. Oh, okay. And that was like, that was a They unusual. didn't want any cheesy reverb on it, <laughs> right. as, as, as discussed in uh, White Bicycles. Rad right. hates, I think Rad hates reverb more than just about anything, more than REM, more than just about anything. We should put reverb on this whole show. On <laughs> but See we could have Kramer on the show. Yeah, but they'll put both double the reverb. Right. <laughs> Is there extra reverb? It will sound like an album. <laughs> okay, so so that's one thing that I definitely noticed that, that you were had a kinship to. Also, 
a lot of his songs I noticed don't have um, choruses like they don't have traditional choruses right and I know something Rat always told me was that a, a bridge in a song is more important than a car oh okay. like you could have a song that doesn't even have a chorus as right. long as it has a, a great bridge or maybe two bridges it still could right. be a great song and I and right Rat that's and, right and that's something his songwriting a lot which which I think may be part of the reason why he I mean now we're talking about Nick Drake but when he was alive he his he didn't sell that many records and nothing no, people no, he was obscure as shit yeah played yeah. a handful of shows right. right because because his songs as great as they are they're not immediately catchy they're not like it takes, poppy at it takes all. a little bit of you know yeah takes a little getting into a little but it's not that it's inaccessible in any way in no. fact now that he's been on what was it like a Volkswagen commercial or something <laughs> that got, that got what, him really big in America yeah, back <laughs> yeah but I probably didn't hear it until you know early 80s you hang around in used record stores the hip guys behind the counter and they're playing something and you go oh what, what's that and they've well, got Pink Moon on or something. Right. All you had to do is listen to Sabado and The Cure, and you would have been all set. Yeah, but this is before, even before. Okay, but they were influenced that. by Nick Drake, right? Of course, that, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah, were. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you, yeah. so when, all right, so Rat, let me ask you. This record came out in 69, right? 1969? This was recorded uh, 68 and 69. Right, okay. Yeah. When, did you, when did you first hear Nick Drake? Uh, I heard about Nick Drake when I uh, got into Pink Floyd. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. right. So what's the so the, the connection? And then it was yeah. like he was this obscure, you know, like John Martin, <coughs> right? Weirdo yep. guitar player, but there was no like no one, no one hyped him. But he no was hype. probably dead by that point too, yeah, right? He, he was, died yeah. in seventy four. So well, yeah. he wasn't dead by then, but he was he was still alive. He died. But he, he died wasn't five doing, years after yeah. this album. Right, right, right. Which is ironic. And when did Pink, five when they, he yeah. put out three albums? Uh, five leaves left, brighter later, and um, pink moon. Right, and but he there was a period after that where he didn't do really anything. No, he, he just sat in sat, his sat, room, took and, antidepressants. Yeah. He had yeah. he overdosed on antidepressants. Right. Was, I think his cigarettes. cigarettes. Twenty six. Yeah, he was twenty six years old. So in fact, yeah. this right. album is named. The name comes from a cigarette pack. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You don't <laughs> oh yeah, because they leaves. Would, so you only have five. They leaves. would tell you so you would have to buy more. They say we well, only got five leaves, leaves left. left. And you know, you when you first hear it, you think, oh, you know, it's like the fall and the, the trees, the leaves are falling yeah, off. Right, that's no, from no, a cigarette no. pack. Cigarettes, man. Yeah, and we should mention that um, <laughs> in a lot of the uh, literature, since this is that record got me high, um, does talk about he he liked to smoke pot. He was a uh, early adopter, and that was oh, a, right, right, a big yeah. part of his uh, big part of his uh, daily regimen. I think was uh, getting high, but it does not. It's not reflected necessarily in the playing or the music at all, because it's very, very. It's not a pop music. Yeah, definitely not. Right, pop. No, no <laughs> music. it's not. No. It's not like and the way music. he plays and the way he's very precise. Yeah, he's and a... it, Strong and, uh, guitar player. Oh man! Oh yeah! Now see, yeah. that's another. That Good, was the, uh, you yeah. sit down to learn a Nick Drake song, and here's two words for you: Good luck. Yeah. Because you, people have learned them. You can watch videos. Even they, you know, it doesn't you have, have to that figure playing. out the, the but, tunings. Which well, this was the other thing I was yeah. going to say that you he did tune uh, his guitar between the songs. Right. Uh, Every song he yeah. might change the tuning. Yeah, and and he like back then, you know, what was accepted was like John Martin and those guys. They would just do these loose right. strumming, yep, and they, yep. it was okay. Yeah. But this guy nailed every note. Every note, perfect. And it, it was a loop. It was like a this loopy 
yep. uh, tone, you know, and playing his guitar, which he basically got from his mom. That's how she played piano. That's right. And she was a huge influence on his life. Um, in, in fact, in some of the um, recordings that were released after he died, cassette things, there's some things actually of his mom playing piano. And he, I remember an interview, maybe it was a Joe, Joe Boyd interview, where he said basically, well, Nick was basically trying to imitate his mother yeah. with his uh, music. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because definitely he's got his voice. It's very uh, fragile sounding and oh, whiskey. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a fragile well, I think they, it's a fragile they guy. They hated his voice, but who cares? You know, voice, right. everyone, uh, they write people off because of their voice, but uh, their uh, music gets like thrown off. The guy wrote every song, right. you know. Yeah. Did so he really a lot not of times, like, did a lot of people I'll not play, like his There's voice. a lot of times I'll play Mark Eitzel, and people are like, oh, I don't like his voice. The guy's like destroying their brain music. <laughs> You know, and they, what? Right. like this guy's just ten times better than you, and you're just saying, well, I don't like his voice. You yeah, know? funny how that works, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah because one thing I noticed about him, a lot of singer-songwriters, when they sing, they have like a, a command, they have like a presence, and it's like ego. And with him, I don't nah. feel that. I feel like he he didn't have ego, yeah, ego no. right? He would, he, was, he would stay quiet and listen and watch what's going on and, and hope that everything would go his way. And right, did. right, right. And the yeah. only reason why it did, because Joe Boy was such a great producer. Right. Well, we like, haven't, he looked at him and was yeah. like, yeah, this ain't going to work. So that like, name, oh, good. That Let name, me go smoke more cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so is Joe Boy the connect the Pink Floyd connection with, uh, with him? Is, oh, yeah, well, Joe that's Boyd? probably why, you know, uh, Sid Barrett went down to when that guy died, Sid Barry went right down, the, 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 right down. You know, he was done. Because oh, that was like, you know, okay. their idol, man. They saw this kid, man. Oh, yeah. really? Right. Well, he had a. He, he was totally in the same sort of him, scene uh, that they yeah. were. Same scene. Yeah, the Canterbury scene. It was a UFO club. The UFO club, and uh, you know, I don't. There's no photos of Nick Drake performing, right? right? Yeah. There's no recordings of him performing live. Yeah. He was a pretty obscure character. Yeah. Um, I think right. he was tr- probably terribly introverted. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. His, well, that, and those records, those records, they just kind of got ignored for a long. Well, and if yeah. you look at the reviews, no, they got ignored. None of the records sold sold more than five thousand in his in his life like right. his lifetime. Yeah. But yeah. now they've sold, they've gone uh, a platinum. Like uh, by two thousand fourteen, more than two point four million Nick Drake albums had been sold in the UK and the US. Right. But he never sold more than five thousand nah. uh, when he was alive. Well, NME said it was a disappointing album. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that shows you what idiots are. At NME, well, right. <laughs> it's well, it just you know I think it the. We, you know, we weren't quite ready. They just for didn't it. get it. Yeah, it was, it wasn't. It was, it was ahead, ahead of his time. time. He was ahead of his time. All right, so, what, so Rat, you're a kid, so you're a kid. Like, how old are you? You're a you're a Pink Floyd. You're this Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd, band. yeah. But I, I, you know, I just heard of. And he's on Harvest Records, right? He's on Harvest. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what'd you do? Did you go out and like try and find a Nick Drake record? No. Like, couldn't have even. No. No. So how did because you? Because they were pretty much. In, Imports. They were in here. Yeah, yeah they no, no, they so weren't released. Yeah, here. Can, so how did you get to hear him? How did you how did you find him? How did you hear him? Just like later on, you know, he's, he's here. Nick Drake. Somebody I don't remember. He used to go to the record store. Blue Note had the record. Uh, you go right. Bob okay. Perry. Because yeah, Perry. since in I fact, knew since when I... Sabado played Blue Note, Bob Perry ran in the back and got the Nick Drake record. <laughs> we were playing them while Sabado was playing in the back of the store, yeah, laughing our ass off. Yeah, yeah. If Barley right. looked at us like, oh, dude. Because I was going to say, yeah, in the 80s when I knew you, you had, you had already told me about Nick Drake. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's when I well, that's yeah. early, early 80s, somebody, you know, playing it at, at one of the shops in Orlando that I would hang out at. And, you you know, you're like, wow. Right. That's And you hear the guitar playing and you're like, 
oh, that's one guy playing. Yeah. It, he's not overdubbing. He's actually sitting there playing that all at once. Yeah, and also there was a lot of like uh, music magazines back then. They would always every once in a while you would see somebody write up a story. Yeah, of on course. Nick yeah. Drake, yeah. Yep. Somebody. So that's how you you know you read about it. You know. Yeah. Now I'm gonna say there's one singer when I when I when I'm listening to him I I'm reminded of the singer and you're probably gonna get mad at me because you're gonna say no fucking way because you probably hate this guy but you know this the guy Al Stewart. Yeah, but I think he Al reminds Stewart, me of him a little. Bit. You're Al the Stewart cat guy. Al Stewart, Stewart, they're contemporaneous, the I think, aren't they? Don't they? Just they came of, up around the same yeah, yeah, time. It's, right? it's a style. Of it's a style. Yeah, it's kind of like a. I mean, sonically, this, this album doesn't sound anything obscure or advanced because at the same time Scott Walker's album sounded just like this you know, oh, okay, some, okay. there's some songs in here where the orchestration and all that is, it yeah, sounds like right. Scott Walker well yep. so he but he had an idea how he wanted this to sound because he sort of he recorded it did he kind of like, he, he didn't I don't think he had an idea how to sound he did the songs and then uh, and then Boyd said we need to do orchestrations and them. some additional instrumentation right. as well so that we should and, mention that it's a couple of uh, uh, world class players on here Oh yeah, um, Richard Thompson. Richard Thompson, which yeah. is uh, he's great. He's, he's, and uh, Danny, um, the other Thompson from uh, Danny Thompson from Pentangle. Right, that's right. Is the bass player? And, oh yeah, and a, they're great playing, bass playing too. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's great. It's a it's sort of akin to the playing on uh, um, uh, Van Morrison on um, Astro Weeks. Astro Weeks. Yeah, it's that sort of like where the, it's they're accompanying this guy who really doesn't know what to do with accompaniment or, oh right right and yeah. they're just you know but well, it's perfect how was it how was this done how was this recorded because it wasn't it's like it's recorded live I mean he, was, he right? would sit he would sit uh, uh, in the middle and then, and they would put all the strings around all the all the yep. musicians would be around them like a, a half a, a half like a shoe yep you know, that's and, amazing uh, to me horseshoe like, horseshoe and, yeah and um, and then they said record here we go and they, it was live Wow, that's yeah. amazing! Because like and, the, the and playing Nick Drake, on it is they like... called him one take Drake. He never made a mistake. It's we someone in the orchestra. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and he'd have we, yeah. they would call him one take yeah. Drake. Yeah, there's actually a, there's actually a Richard Thompson guitar note at the end of Time Has Told Me where I go. Oh, I bet he didn't mean to do that. I bet it, and but you know. Yeah. Oh uh, right, okay, because yeah. they were recording. It, it ended kind of weird, yeah. and I thought, oh, his last note was a little strange, but everything else Richard Thompson does on it. You go, man. I wish I could play like that. Fantastic stuff. Um, all right, so let's get let's start out the record. Let's get into that bird. Let's listen to uh, the first track. Time has told me. Yeah, it's this, just this so is, mellow. But, but that's a secret of you because you actually do like a lot of uh, a lot of like singer songwritery stuff. If it's really good, right? Yeah, right. You just hate if it's 
if it's garbage. Mediocre. Well, yeah. even that, even if it's just mediocre, you don't yeah. like that no. either, right? Yeah, it's got to be stellar. All right, Barry, what song? This reminds me of a specific, and 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 it isn't like Drake got it from him. It's like uh, he got it from Drake. Uh, this reminds me a lot of David Bowie's Eight Line Poem. Uh, yeah. The way he sing and the way the electric guitar comes in, and yeah. I feel like uh, Richard Thompson's guitar, uh, Mick Ronson's stuff sounds That's a lot true. like that coming you know? in, and it's the same type song where there's no actual. It's sort of just like these different you, uh, and you wonder, verses. Oh, I'm gonna say based on like, okay, who are they both listening to that they would have gotten that from? Um, so. I don't. I'm not sure that David Bowie would have even heard Nick Drake. I mean, he was know. a pretty hip guy. You don't think so? You know, he was he the might one. Have heard, he might have heard. Nick yeah, because this. Yeah. Uh, just when I hear this, I'm thinking, oh my god, I wonder if David Bowie like nicked a little listener. Yeah, it's in, very similar. Or the or the field. Yeah, the field. It could be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, but that's possible. You got to remember, Joe Boyd is a is a key element here because he's the one that actually, when it comes to you know, he was into uh, U.S. music, you know, from the south, R&B, from Mississippi, yeah. and all that. And I hear this this song here. I hear a lot. A lot of honky tonk piano. Uh, yeah, it's a right. very U.S. sounding country track. track style. Yeah, yeah, the guitar oh, yeah, playing. And, the, got that, and um, the slide guitar is blasting through yeah, the whole song. the slide guitar, so right. So this right. is totally U.S. Uh, style of, of, of arrangement. Of, right. You know, so boy, that definitely is a major influence on his production. On this yeah. Show. Now, have have you read anywhere? Like, do you know what I mean, I, 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 We don't know for sure, but I'm almost positive. I mean, this is total. But anything you hear and it sounds like U.S., it's got to be Boyd. But what do you right, think? Right, because, right, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I don't think Nick Drake he was listening. That I don't think he was listening no. to that stuff. No. Yeah, but that's what I was going to ask. What do you think Nick Drake thought of like what they were doing with his songs? And did you think? Well, he it did was he so like new it? to him. He's like, whoa, wow. Okay, so that. he was excited. So, yeah. He was probably ex- whoa, as excited yeah, probably, as Nick Drake could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah because right. they're like, wow, <laughs> this guy didn't is... seem like a guy that would be getting wow, excited. Wow, I wouldn't even anything. thought of this. You know, with these, you know, this honky tonk piano. Right. In fact, there was a recording. I don't know if it was this album, but on one of the albums, there was a guy just sitting around in the control room that was a piano player and boy turns around hey man do me a favor run down in there and start playing the piano with him and yeah. play this you know yeah. it was just off the, you know cuff well it's either and, well it's and, either and on it's this on one a record yeah, or brighter a, later because yeah. pink moon, pink moon it, is, is just just Nick, right? It's, oh, okay. So okay. it's just him right. and the microphone, right? No, I think it's uh, the the, uh, the, the brighter the, later, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, aside from the fact that I that this is a song that I said doesn't have like an overt chorus in it or anything, yeah. well, also, it does have that that change. The which, change that's what I was going to say. The yeah. chord you know change and I'm, shift. I'm going to play that. I'll, I'll run that. When it goes so from the verses to the bridge, yeah. but that's what that's you're the talking about. That's, that's the bridge. bridge. Yeah. Anytime yeah. a song changes direction. Yeah, and you listen to it harmonically, it's just, it's surprising and fantastic. It's really melodic, but also it's a, it's it's jazzy and strange. Right. It's strange, and it brings it to a, a different it level. Does. Than just it's a like not just a regular singer, folk song. song. Yeah. Exactly, not a folk song. And I think that's probably a, another reason why people didn't grab onto him then. He wasn't telling his songs aren't really so much story songs. It's sort of like he's singing about uh, like experiences, uh, his yeah. uh, his yeah. very personal yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, his own yeah. personal. It's very uh, depressed. This album, no, no to it's me, very melancholy. It's melancholy, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, because word. we get to the the, <laughs> the second track, uh, which I guess we should play a little bit of uh, Riverman. Betty came by on her way Said she had a word to say 
Said she hadn't heard the news Hadn't had the time to choose A way to lose But she believes Gonna see the river man Gonna tell him all I strings come in yeah. it's just got such right. a haunting quality well there's uh, the arrangements the strings some of the strings are done by this uh, friend of nick drake's um what's his name rat oh but that not this song not, not this, this song, song not this friend, song that's right his friend couldn't yeah. do it because it's in a weird all right the weird uh, i don't know about music but i know this song they said it's in a uh, five four times in five it's and tough. i don't know what that yeah. means but when you try and play along with it you realize it's, it's, in, a it's in a weird five it's not only in a five four what it's in a weird five four people heard this song they pulled the needle off the record never listened to the rest <laughs> that's what this song is the one that killed his entire but it's and, also one of no his one, signature songs right but oh, no it, it was so far ahead of his time it's that, far, right yeah was, it. this is the one that's the most like scott walker yeah and, right and, yeah yeah yeah, and, I never and, thought about and, that. And this stuff is a lot of this stuff. I, if you li- it, uh, we're talking Lee Hazelwood here. When yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee yeah. Hazelwood influence. Yeah. I wake up. I mean, you know, because people pull the needles. If you off listen the to it, the strings go, oh, don't even stay. The strings sort of go in and out with the five four. And this actually, this is one of the few songs that's actually in standard tuning, but it's still what he's playing is awesome. Yeah. Well, but it's can, actually kind of a and he uses a capo. Tuning. Well, he'll use a standard tuning, but he'll use a capo, which is what gives his guitar this tone that's slightly muted. So he's almost always using a capo on his guitar. So it's oh, got right, a slightly right. like it's like the strings are not brand new, and it's because he he's uh, he's put a capo on it. Uh, Rat has Rat we've Rat feverishly seen looking through his. Uh, what are you yeah. looking for, Rat? <laughs> looking for that guy. Betty. All right, he's talking. It starts out. Uh, Betty came by on her way. Said she had a word to say about things today and fallen leaves. Betty. He's, he's never said like who Betty is. No. Uh, no. 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 Uh, it could just be a name that he used in the song. Or somebody you know that just. But she definitely, uh, it definitely fits in the, the lyrics, fit in with the melancholy feel of the song. Melancholy. This song is very uh, depressing to me because I feel like the outlook, when he's talking about, um, it, it, he says, if he tells me all he knows about the way his river flows, I don't suppose it's meant for me. So it's kind of like it's him saying the uh, the river of life like yeah, wasn't meant definitely. for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah this for guy, sure. Uh, this poor guy had a lot of issues. <laughs> he was not a happy camper. No. As my mom would say, he was not a happy camper. No, he wasn't. Um, and he uh, was, di- I think, had clinical depression, and uh, that led to his demise. Would you listen to this and headphones in your room, Rat, and just listen to it and, and get uh, uh, depressed? No. <laughs> no, you I wouldn't wear headphones. I would blast it on my speaker tape. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. But you just you appreciate it more for what he was doing as far as uh, musically it was so well musically advanced. I mean it was it was pretty you know to me it was I didn't it was wasn't the really the music it was the the looping yeah and the, and the melodies it's right. and it's beautiful and it's, the, it's it's just it's um yeah, well yeah it's yeah. it's complete like yeah. he does what he does is basically complete 
um, you could take those arrangements out and the songs would still work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. Because it's actually subtle. The stuff that comes in, sometimes it's subtle and you realize, yeah. oh yeah, there's a piano playing there and there's a bass playing right. there. But it's like, A it's lot of times subtle. you don't, you might not even notice it because you're so focused on uh, what he's doing. Right, right. But it was Harry Robinson that did the arrangements. Harry Robinson did the arrangements, but... But in the meantime... The typical ramshackle fashion. Since we don't have three hours for this podcast, let's let's hear a little of the next song, which three happens hours. to be a song called Three Hours. Obviously, some weird tuning uh, yeah. that he's playing it, and it's just like it's amazing. He used a lot of different tunings, and he, you know, some of them are regular open tuning, some of them are, you know, he's standard tuning, and some of it's just wild stuff that he came up with on his own. And uh, he would write tune between songs, just he had one guitar. He's not like, you know, Leon Thurston with somebody handing him some guitars out of a box. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, get, exactly. I get a lot of bluegrass feeling out of this song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sure. yeah, okay. With the, with the but there's also, there. it's always the, there's an English uh, folk tradition back in the 60s. Um, Davy Graham, you know, there's those players who, like yeah. you said, were playing like that, but without the kind of precision right, yeah. that he was able to do. He was, uh, you know just astonishingly good guitar player yeah he really was and the lyrics in this are really they're beautiful they're evocative but they're they're hard to decipher at least for me um three hours from sundown jeremy flies hoping to keep the sun from his eyes east from the city and down to the cave in search of a master in search of a slave uh giacomo's three hours from london giacomo's free taking his woes down to the sea in search of a lifetime to tell when he's home in search of a story that's never been known. I think he's he's putting together things that are meant to just be evocative, but not necessarily right. a specific story. Well, the, the story is that he wrote this, Jeremy, about a, a friend of his named Jeremy, but uh, the friend had had no idea what it was about. Right. <laughs> he right. couldn't even figure out what it was It's like it the girl about. that Daniel Johnston wrote all his songs about that had no idea that he was in love with her <laughs> right. from the age of, from third grade on. 
Uh, poor Daniel Johnson. Um, yeah, so this is uh, this song's got got some jamming like guitar stuff at the end. It's a long yeah, song. This yeah, song's yeah, like yeah. six minutes, and uh, yeah, it's just like amazing. Just to listen to just to listen to the playing on it is just like off the off the charts. All right. Uh, all right, we're about uh, we're about halfway through. Let's take a little break. And if you notice, there's no clinking of glasses tonight. We yeah, have, I know we're dry. This we're is a dry, dry podcast, so I think we're gonna we're gonna. I gotta we have, have one a, drink. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna raid Rat's refrigerator. All right, we will be back in a minute. We're here with Rat Bastard at Dan Oscar Studio, and we'll be back talking more about Five Leaves Left. Nick Drake. We'll be back in a minute. Nick Drake left very little for posterity other than his recorded legacy. There are no photos of Nick Drake performing and there are no recordings of Nick Drake performing live. What we do have is two minutes of audio he recorded into a cassette player. That record got me high and Is This Tomorrow, a weekly webcomic bring you Nick Drake. I, I think I must have drunk rather a lot, although I didn't see it at the time. I, I thought myself quite sober. When I leapt into the car to drive home after after my, my memory abandoned, I, I found the task extremely difficult and it was extremely fortunate that um, there was nothing else on the road because looking back on it, I seem to remember I had a a mental um, brainstorm that I didn't realize at the time, and I think I drove the whole way home on the right-hand side of the road. This is something, of course, which comes from um, driving in France too much, which is what, I, what, what, what I've been doing recently, as, as you probably know, driving in France, you know, and, and in, in moments of stress, such as was this journey home, one forgets so easily the lies, the truth, and the pain. But still, I'm, I'm wavering from the point. What I was trying to say is, um, when I sat here, I... Is This Tomorrow is a weekly webcomic cataloging the absurdities taking place at the Zorro News Channel. Is This Tomorrow is available at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com since 1993. We are rolling. All right, we're back. This is That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. And we're here at the Dan Hosker Studio with our friend, Mr. Rat Bastard, talking about Nick Drake. Rat Bastard and Nick, Nick Drake. There's two, <laughs> two names you right. wouldn't think would go together, but they do. And I just wanted to let, let you know, when we're playing the songs, if you hear the, the heavy breathing is actually, is actually <laughs> our guest, Rat. It's not Nick Drake. <laughs> but we figured it yeah. adds you know, to yeah. the ambiance of the whole thing. Right. All right, so we're talking about this record, and we're on song number four now, and uh, we're going to play a little bit of the song Way, Way to, to Blue. Don't you have a word to show what may be done? Have you never heard a way to find the sun? Tell me all that you know. 
Sad movie. Like, well, yeah. Well, my question about the way to blue is okay. So this is the Robert Kirby stuff. Uh, okay, this Robert Kirby was yeah. his friend. Right. The question is with Nick, how did he present this song where it's got no? You hear no guitar. You hear no. Yeah. No. Just remember what I said in the beginning. That uh, we're not that smart. Joe Boy said I wasn't listening. I'm not. Put, we're not putting in a band around us. We're putting arrangements. So oh, okay. strings and all that. Right. So this is one of those songs which just needed strings. Right. And, so he and, probably and, had and, the song and he played it for them and they said, all right, we're going to arrange yeah. this. And then uh, uh, Drake probably worked with Kirby on this at some time before okay. the session and okay. that's what they were doing. All right. And also, you know, Drake is already in a bridge within 15 seconds of the song <laughs> right. starts. Right. You know, yes. so it's like, okay, I got you, dude. True, right true. Let's, that's we're right. playing right now. Right. Okay. So this song, of course, obviously it sounds really sad. But I'm saying you think that he's presented this to Joe Boyd on guitar. He didn't just sing this a cappella into his... He probably played it on guitar, and okay. then they talked and then okay. said, you know what, we don't need a guitar. We don't need a guitar. Because the arrangement is And it enough. works really good. Yeah. It's really... It actually it reminds me a little of um, the Beatles' Eleanor Rigby, in a way, with the strings and the thing. Very, you know, stark sounding and... and uh, well, they were uh, certainly, you know, hard to. it's hard to escape the influence of... George Martin and the Beatles, even if you're, you know, Joe Boyd, it's it's there. But and... I don't think it was Joe Boyd. I think it was Doug Kirby. Kirby. Was, the, was the one the that Kirby was guy. influenced was by right. that. So okay. And, and Boyd it liked the idea of having that type Well, they of... had, and uh, as you mentioned before, they had other arrangers that were rejected. Yeah. Um, right, that couldn't, right. it wasn't just, it just wasn't working. Right, it didn't right. work. Yeah. And so Joy Boyd was skeptical of uh, Kirby, but they brought him in and it worked on every track except basically for Riverman. Right, right. Where, um... Kirby said, forget this shit. I can't Robert, do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that hard. I mean, counting 5-4 is not that hard. It's the way he plays the 5-4 that's difficult. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's like the way a, like a, a folk musician who was untrained would come up with a weird time signature, and you'd be. It's not like someone who's you know counted one, two, three, four, right, five. Right, 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 right. Because to it, him, it made sense to him. Yeah, to totally. Probably, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, sure. And, and, that, and that Ranger Robertson actually lived in uh, Barnes Common, which was just below the tree that killed Mark Boland ten years later. Oh, that's, that's where yeah, he yeah. met him ten years before that. Happened. Yep. Really? Right by where that tree. You but, know who was driving the car when Mark Boland died? Uh, um, the singer for Motley Crue? No. Uh, <laughs> Boland's, <laughs> Boland's wife. Um, for she tainted love, uh, Gloria Jones. She was the she was the driver. Oh, okay. Uh, what I was going to say about this song is, I it sounds sad, but maybe it's not meant to be so sad. I feel like maybe some maybe to him it's not a, a sad song because he's saying. Um, well, I think I think the baseline for him is kind of melancholy and sad. I don't know that there's any, um, you know, none of his stuff comes across as especially. It might yeah. come across as sunny, but not 
cheerful. No, you not know? cheerful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cheerful, none yeah. of this yeah. stuff is forced. That's the difference. True. None of yeah, it's right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, true. Uh, that's another thing Rat hates. Rat hates when things are forced. Music that's, that's forced. Right. Yeah. It's definitely there's not. There's a list. There's like a list about 20 things that Rat We hates. should have. You sh- <laughs> should have your 20 Reverbs things. at top. That's why, took a, that's why I took a shower before this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's get... To the next song, uh, this song's a really uh, beautiful song. I, this is probably one of my favorites on the record. Uh, let's hear a little of Days Gone. When the day is done down to earth and sinks the sun Along with everything that was lost and won When the day is done When the day is done Hope so much your race will be all wrong Then you find you jump the gun Have to go back where you began Some get by, but some get old. Just to show life's not made of Well, you know Jimmy Page heard Big Train. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're... Um, Come on. It, okay. But how... But, Rat, let me ask you... I mean, like, it's like, okay, let's do that. This... Something like this could easily be cheesy, but how is this not... Because I agree, it's not... I don't think it's cheesy, but no, what, what the, makes it not cheesy? It's the, the looping of the guitar, and then the strings that come in, okay, that just, that just kind of just does a counter melody, and then to the vocals, you know, that the, the, other, the two melodies going on. So the vocal melody is solid. You could probably sing this song a cappella and, and not look stupid. And then you got another melody. Just let's just really kill him with another melody with the strings. Right. And then you got this looping guitar. And you know, yeah, because it's just it's it's called a drone. And the drone is what gives the which gives the power and the energy. Right. So the 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 droning of the guitar is the power and the energy. Right. And everything else is just. You know what I'm talking about, Barry? Right? Because it could easily like some stuff you hear it could easily fall cheese, but it's not. It's not it's not cloying because it's um it's not forced. It's genuine. Yeah. And it's he's not trying. He's not trying to be a pop star. He's not trying to impress anybody. Or maybe he is. Maybe he's. I think it was mentioned that he was he wanted people to hear his music and feel better yeah and or, and to feel better about their lives which is an odd you know you hard <laughs> yeah, angle from what uh, it's a weird angle um <laughs> but that was his feeling and um so he's he's genuine and right. so there's genuine things that are um also that are not virtuoso playing that are also great um but as long there's no nobody's trying to Put one over on you. That's yeah. what it is. It's got this song is really dark and we, it, however, are trying to put one over on you. Yeah. Oh, Remember always. our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song, I was gonna say, if 
if you played this song for someone who had no idea who Nick Drake was, never heard of him, and then you told you played them this song and then told them, oh, the singer overdosed on antidepressants at, at the age of 26, yeah. they wouldn't be surprised. Not a surprise, no. <laughs> They'd go, yeah. No, okay. no, when you I find out, no, no, if you hear his record and you sense. find out how he passed away, there's not a surprise at all. Right. Because mm. it, and I wonder if that kind of adds to the melancholy of everything. Sometimes I, it I does. wonder. Sure. It does, right? If he had when just you, stopped. artist. Because who knows what kind of if he had somehow gotten uh, gotten a hold on his demons, whatever, yeah. and lived been on you know yeah. old gray whistle test with Could, uh, would he have been uh, and played like guitar a for Elton John or something? Right. Like that. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you know you have you have characters like Sid Barrett as well, who you know it's that same. He didn't die for a long time, but he, right. he disappeared into his, his own. In his brain, his it, brain. Died. Right. He disappeared into I his think, own. I think Sid Barrett was more uh, influenced by this guy. Yeah, then, yeah, like oh, this. sure, yeah, yeah. okay. He's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this guy's cool, man. You know, right. This is, yeah. You know, you get, I mean, local musicians get influenced by other local musicians. That's true, they do. what happened. You know? Right, and yeah. He's, right. Play, he's probably, probably seen him play more than anybody. Probably, you know? yeah. All right, so let's flip the record over now. We're, at, uh, we're on site B now, song number six, and let's listen to a little of cello song. I'm going to give, uh, again, Joe Boyd a lot of uh, credit on this one um, because this sounds very Midwest U.S. A lot of, it has that uh, Mississippi, you know, high country blues oh, type yeah? of feel. Okay. And it also okay. has that, uh, the, 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 the congas, the bongos, what do you want to call them? Uh, I think it's tabla, isn't it? Indian? No. No, I think it's like island. Oh, okay. I mean, Joe Boy oh, was really big in island music, okay. and he and he liked the islands and all okay. that. You know, like sounds he was great. very big in the black in the headphones. Sounds great in the headphones. So, it does, yeah. So you know, I think yeah, those are, are arrangements are very we, we, weird for England, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So these are they're good. not your regular. You know, it is a great <laughs> headphone record. They are yeah. all great I headphone think, records, just because you're right there with yeah. him. And uh, so I guess Boy had a lot to do with. Maybe. So, yeah. Let's okay. try this. Let's try that. All right. Because I had always imagined those drums as like uh, Indian tablas. It and could be, but, you know. I, okay. All right. It could be, but it yeah. just sounds. Now, Rat, does uh, To Live and Shave in L.A. Uh, does a cover of this song, right? Song? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah right. 
who sings it? You or Tom? Uh, I forgot. Uh, okay. All right, so um, let's go to the uh, next song on side B. This is song number seven, and uh, let's hear a little of the thoughts of Mary Jane. Who can know? Thoughts of Mary Jane Why she flies Or goes out in the rain Where she's been And who she's seen In her journey To the stars I could have done without, the, just to be honest, I could have done without the flute. Usually I can always do without the flute. <laughs> yeah, we don't, yeah, n- nothing against the people. I think, that, I think they were here again, they're probably going, uh, uh, like uh, Leonard Cohen's first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were using a, 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 U, a, a Neumann U67 on his voice. Okay. I could see the flute on this one. Okay. okay. All right. So basically, these guys, these guys were all stealing shit from each other, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, nothing, yeah. Gets, nothing well, comes I mean, from nothing. Everything gets re, re Indeed. All right. Now, the thought, it's the, it's the thoughts of Mary Jane. He's singing about a girl, Mary Jane, but he's also singing. It's also referencing pot. He's got to be right. Yeah, I, be. I think considering what I just you know about him from the reading, right. is that. It's and a wink and a nod. It's got, right. I think. But one thing he doesn't play in a lot is irony. There's not a lot of irony going no. on. There's not no, a lot no. of that. It's all no. very. So I think whatever, it's a subtle thing of him calling it that, but there's nothing really else you could find in the song. No. Overtly. Unless, uh, it's, ext- unless it's so personal that w- nobody would ever realize he was being ironic. Right. Who can know the thoughts of Mary Jane, why she flies or goes out in the rain, where she's been and who she's seen in her journey to the stars. Yeah, it is very hippie-ish. It's a hippie song. Yeah, yeah it is. That's why Rat likes it. Rat's really a hippie. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's a sign by the door that says "Hippies use side door," and there's no side door. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's. And in my restroom, it says "Use other door." <laughs> um. But yeah. you go to you know, but you go to Spam's studio, and there's hippie shit all over the place. There is. And, uh, coffee, Very different uh, environment. Dirty coffee and dirty coffee mugs. <laughs> a lot of dirty coffee mugs. But he's a vegan, so yeah. you can go in his kitchen. And you go, oh my god, this is the dirtiest kitchen I've ever seen. But you realize he doesn't eat any meat or cheese or anything, so it doesn't really matter. Right, yeah, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing that could be contaminated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, he makes some mean cup of coffee. Gotta he say. Does. But yeah, I just realized Rat and uh, Spam are kind of like polar opposites. They your are. Place is yeah. Impeccably clean. True. And his is not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, if you hear this, I. We apologize. No. <laughs> we love. It. I've we never love been it. there, so I got. Nothing. Oh, you've never, never been, been there? there? No, I've I've seen a million pictures. Has, he, uh, he's you, been uh, here. Ha, he has been here, right? Yeah. Uh, we got to bring rats to yeah. Andrews. Yeah, get, make him a cup a, of coffee. I think I was we supposed to go a, there. They wanted me to go there last week. 
to be interviewed by a woman from MIT, but I thought best that she would come here, and she yeah. was like, yeah, oh, blown yeah, away. City of Progress Studio in uh, North Miami. That's... I feel like Rat would start uh, straightening up if he yeah. got there. I, I think he would be compelled. <laughs> I, I've, I've, no, I've seen this place like as it grew. It's, you know, t- it went yeah. from like one to yeah. Yeah, every, as yeah. it grew. He always puts pictures up, so I've, yeah. I've actually it seen it. It is jam-packed right? full of the... <laughs> Like, okay, ask him about any effects box from the 1970s. He's got it in a drawer, or the 60s. It's kind of amazing. All right, so let's get uh, to the next song here, song number eight on this record. It's called Man in a Shed. Plus the guitar, uh, you got a guitar that's hard panned over into one channel, and then the bass comes and, in all the way right, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't start in the center and move it to the left when yeah. the bass comes in. It's just over there. Yeah. So yeah, well, it's called three point mix. That's oh, okay, but See. the uh, the my favorite part. We're gonna get uh, schooled. My, my favorite thing in the entire song is that one that guitar pull. Oh yeah, 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 yeah he yeah, does right, it throughout yeah. the song. If you yeah. hear it, even. Yeah. Uh, that is, you know, that's the that's one of my favorite it's, things. It's I, fantastic. That turn, that that take, that's what makes it weird, different than when you would normally hear it. That right. Time. right. That one guitar pulls. That up. little wow. nuance. Yeah. Well, um, that's all about the nuance. I think that this self-referenced in this one. Well, there was a man lived in a shed. Oh yeah, spent, it's him. Spent, right? spent most yeah. of his days out of his head, for his shed was rotten. Let in the rain. Said it was enough to drive any man insane. When it rained, he felt so bad. When it snowed, he felt just simply sad. Uh, yeah, so he definitely, well, he actually says in the song that he's talking about himself. So he's kind of, it's, it, this I feel like is him trying to be a little uh, wistful. lighthearted. Yeah, yeah a little li- more lighthearted. Yeah, right? like I'm not all, I'm not totally, um, you know, depressed. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, even though you know it's bullshit, and he really yeah, is. Yeah. But he is g- going to town on that guitar, acoustic. Oh, and Rat, did he basically play acoustic? He just he just played yeah, acoustic. I think so. right? I don't, yeah. There's no recordings of him. I doing, don't think he played electric. Yeah, yeah. I, he might yeah. have played it. There's a, some. Uh, he plays piano and sings as well. Yeah. Um, he does play piano. Does play piano, and um, in fact, does he? I was wondering if he played. Any of the piano? I don't. I don't. I guess he didn't play any piano on this record because this is all live. So right, he's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he might have showed 
Oh, there's a you know there's you a. You might have showed the player how to what to do. The know, only I idea. think there's only on on Pink Moon the third record. There's a couple of piano like notes, right? Like yeah. this, but I'm I'm assuming maybe he overdubbed those. Yeah. All right. Right. Yeah. Um. In that one, Paul Harris is playing the piano, and uh, Danny Thompson's playing that double bass, and that's it. Uh, it's just the guitar, yeah. the piano, and the yeah. And but the it's bass. not it's not lacking anything. Oh no, not at all. You know? The double bass is very loud on the recording. It, it is. That he yeah. put it right in your face. Yeah, but it's beautifully okay. recorded and it's beautifully played. You know, these this these records are ear candy as well as being incredibly yeah. uh, uh, amazing. So you don't always get all of those things together, you know? And now I think this, uh, next one, I think Rat said this is his least favorite, this is your least favorite one on well, the Well, I think it's a filler song, and uh, I think it's basically because the lyrics, he was, t- they, they, it was about the lyrics, so they, it, it's basically, uh, it's basically, uh, day, the day is done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Over again, but what, Different lyrics, but the lyric, but not as good, not as good as parts. Like the the bridge ain't as good. All right, well, so right, and but they, but I I remember Boyd really focusing on the lyrics on this one. It's like, well, if the song ain't good, maybe maybe the lyrics really need to have some extra work, you know. Okay. So every time they were like working with the lyrics on this. Uh, one. All right, right well, let's let's hear a little the bit fruit tree. Fruit tree. Which we should say is better than anything any of us have ever done. Even yeah, if it's his weakest song. <laughs> filler. It would be we would we would kill but, to have filler. Yeah. Well, But a fruit tree So very unsound It can never flourish Till its stock is in the ground So men of fame Can never find a way Till time has flown Far from their dying day Forgotten while yeah Remembered for a while Much updated ring from a much outdated style <laughs> It's like it's yeah. him! Yeah, you yeah, didn't right. get no, famous no, though safe he's in, in the your, ground. You're placed deep in earth, earth uh, when you know when they'll know you and you're truly worth, you know. Right, yeah, right. right. So yeah, we didn't obviously yeah. No, no foreshadowing no of his uh, of his future. So maybe at least he knew. Well, at least I, I got to get myself out of here so I can get appreciated. Well, he might have been talking about other artists that that uh, that probably were, were that were really good. True, and, true. And yeah, right, yeah, died and then right. then they, they true, discovered. True. Oh yeah, that guy was good. Fruit tree, fruit tree. No one knows you but yeah. the rain and the air. Don't you worry, they'll stand and stare when you're gone. Um, yeah, it's almost like he's singing to a future, like his future Future self. Nick Drake. Yeah, future dead Nick Drake. Yeah. That's <laughs> so dark. <laughs> and, the, and the strings make everything so much more overwrought they sounding. Do. You know, yeah, they yeah. add so much drama sure. to it. They do. <laughs> but in a good way. I mean, it's just, this, this record is so beautiful, but it's not like a, it's not... Uh, 
fun listening. It's a, you know what? It's like a, it's like a Sunday afternoon record. You yeah. know, quiet Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You put on uh, um, Five Leaves Left. You just sit down. You know, get a drink and. Uh, uh, it's like working music. Like you clean your house, whatever. All right, <laughs> Brad you cleans clean his your house, house to make right, drink. Okay. Uh, something like that. I prefer, to, I prefer solder, to sit in, solder wires. Sit in, Soak in the um, the vibe, the Nick Drake vibe on a Sunday you just, afternoon. You really, you don't have to really pay attention to it, and so it'll be, it'll it'll, go, it'll it'll fill in the room, you know. Okay, all right. Everybody's got their own uh, strategies. Okay, so as down as as kind of a downer, this whole record is. I feel like the last song on the record is him. I'm not saying it's 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 uh, it's it's him trying to sound a little optimistic. I feel like. Uh, I think it's just a pop song. That, well, uh, okay. okay, all right. That's all right. like okay. okay. We'll throw this on there. Right. It's all just right. another so let's filler. Listen, but let's I mean, listen to a little, little Saturday. Uh, let's listen to a little Saturday Sun, the last song. Saturday sun Came early one morning In a sky So clear and blue But Saturday sun it's kind of up sounding for Nick. You know what hit me about this song right there? It's Tim Buckley. The vibes. Well, the, the, the vibra harp. Uh, I mean, but it's, it's, again, he the doesn't vibra sing harp. like Tim Buckley, but the arrangement. No, this is a very soul based pop song. And again, I want to okay. credit Joe Boyd. Right. Right. Soul okay. is there, yeah, the yeah. piano okay. playing, and then the oh, and Deacon Vibra Harp. I, yeah. just looked I it mentioned it's a, a Vibra Harp or like a Deacon, what they used to use on Motown. Vibraphone. Well, it says it's a Vibra. I actually well, looked up it's the, the credit. Same thing. Well, Vibraphone is just the name, and Vibra Harp is just the name. I don't, the same know. Instrument. I don't know. It's just the way the company called right. it. And this song. But the Vibra. But they use those on Motown records. Right, right. And okay. I think right. that's where that, that right. came from. And this is, actually is Nick Drake playing piano and singing on this. He's playing oh, piano. Oh, okay. Because yeah, right. okay. there's no guitar. It's just right. piano, just him, and then the bass, double bass. And I would assume it's live just like the other stuff. Him with the piano and yeah. the arrangements going on uh, right. Somebody's around right. him. Right. Yeah. Right. I like yeah. I like this song, actually. Maybe it's a little too uh, poppy for rat, maybe. but I, I Well, think it's a soulful song. So yeah, it is. You know, Although, but it is, of course, at the end. So it, it's gonna it, it rains it ends up raining of course so thinking yes. about stories with reason and rhyme circling through your brain and think about people in their season and time returning again and again but Saturday's sun has turned to Sunday's rain yeah right Sunday afternoon you get raining you gotta put on the Nick Drake record there you go that's it <laughs> think about um and as I said yeah even his maybe his weakest song or what his filler is is, is, is everybody else's top notch heart the best thing they ever did in their life so um, in that sense he's untouchable there's never there's not been anybody else like him that he's even you know appeared that has done that and I guess his death probably did 
polish his aura a bit because he never had a chance to do anything, which was like, oh, you know, that record. Nah, that one. He didn't do Blue Jeans and Moonbeams, you know, Captain Beefheart, or, or um, Unconditionally Guaranteed. He didn't have bad records in the middle of his career. I'm glad, in a way, I'm glad we did this record because at least we know Nick Drake won't be contacting us after and saying we sounded, no, you know, criticizing us like, uh, so. like uh, Mark Edwards did. <laughs> Although Mark, Mark Edwards may hear this and have an opinion about me, Nick Drake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Rhett. Thanks for uh, bringing, uh, for introducing me to Nick Drake in the first place, and yeah. for uh, doing this record with us. I'm sure a lot of people who know you would be will be surprised to see that. Wait, Rhett, Rhett right. wanted to do a Nick Drake record. Yeah. Did he well, lose it's a bet? A, it's a, it's a, one of those records that turned music around. I mean, this that yeah. record turned music around. Period. Yeah, yeah, right. But not but music changed didn't... after that record, right? But, uh, but, but in the same way, realize it right away. Though. But just like Big Star, well, records. no, the few people that did hear it were it's... influenced. A uh, Pink Floyd, oh, right? Was right. Too, okay. Pink, oh, Pink Floyd was a, is a major influence of music. Yes. and Joe Boyd was the president of Warner Brothers at one time. So, so hello, yeah. you know, yeah. this record influenced millions and millions of people. They don't even know it, but it, it, that's where it and comes you, from. And you might have noticed that I haven't said anything about going to YouTube or looking, because there's nothing. There's there's docu- there's a documentary, documentary which about is very it. good. It's about his mom and him. Yeah. His sister, I think, put it together. Yeah, it's great, but it's still the original source material, all you've got, yeah, basically. You got nothing there. Yeah, these three records. That's and it. there's some recordings that are also yeah. available of him, demo stuff and him yeah. screwing around. I, I'm just going to say... None of them are, are as great as these the three Nick Drake albums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and e- e- any one of them you buy or pick out or listen to, you, you can't get wrong. Might have played in front of more than maybe five people. I, maybe. I, I, really? That's, <laughs> maybe. that's the I don't thing. Think he yeah, crazy. no, he, it's very much. A, he was very yeah, obscure. Yeah, Even I, me and you have played in front of more people than that. Yeah, Barry. What a, what a, I've been played in front of less. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, you've played in front of more, but at the end of the night, there was less there. No, no, no one. I started playing. No one was in the bar, and then I ended. And there was two people in the bar. There you go. That's a net gain. All right. Well, thanks again, Rat, for having yeah, us in your studio you, and being our guest. And what do we got next week, Barry? Um, a an album featuring the uh, Wiley. A um, producer, another well-known another producer, producer that right. could be kind of kind of crotchety too. Kind of Steve is, Albini's yeah, yeah. shellac. I would say that kind of you can just. Why are you make? Why are you going up? You're like, no, no, I like, I like, I like, yeah, I like Abini. I like uh, the the band is Shellac. And the album is at Action Park, and uh, Jay Reed is gonna um, join us and talk about the Shellac album. And uh, Steve Albini, of course, if you don't know, he uh, his claim to fame is the band Big Black, but his claim to fame in the wider music world would be that he produced the second. Nirvana album in utero. Well, he produced a lot of. He did. Pixies. Pixies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. But a complete about about face from yeah, exactly. It is a one hundred percent. Uh, spin around the block from uh, Nick Drake. All right, so once again, uh, don't forget, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Become a patron of us. Uh, just keep sharing us. Keep listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks again, Rat. And uh, we'll see you next week. That's, once again, that's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elder. And we're out. See you.